This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. We've got a great episode, episode 24, and I'm talking with Nate Webb. Nate is a high school counselor. He's a speaker. He helps build resiliency in schools and helps kids see their worth. He hosts his own podcast, Teaching Kindness, Bullies Be Gone. Nate was bullied as a child and a teen himself, and some of the lessons he learned then he gets to put into action now as a counselor and a speaker, a speaker of truth into the lives of kids. Nate gives us some actionable things we can do to help our kids feel empowered even when they may be going through a really tough situation at school like being bullied. I'm excited to see what's going to happen in his future and his career because he is speaking positivity and light into kids' lives and he is going to help so many kids. He already is helping so many kids and I hope that through this podcast conversation, it could help your kid or my kid or us as parents help us realize and understand how we can better navigate these topics. Before we get started talking with Nate, if you are looking for a vitamin for your kids or a protein powder for yourself or a multivitamin, I want you to check out Prevenex. That is the sponsor of this episode. They have clinically effective, clean, and amazing products for everyday health and longevity and performance. My kids take the multivitamins every day. I use the protein powder every day and take my multivitamins every day. I can't say enough great things about this company. And if you want to learn a little bit more about the company before you spend your dollars and you know make that monthly investment on your vitamins and supplements through them, go listen to the podcast episode I recorded with the founder, David Block. That is on the Illuminate podcast, which is a show in the Sandy Boy Network as well. It's episode 51, and we talk all about the company, what they're doing to give back, and how their products really do work. So you can go to Prevenex.com, use the code Lindsay15, and you will get 15% off your order. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Nate Webb. All right. Well, today on the podcast, I'm so excited to have Nate Webb on the show. Welcome to the podcast, Nate. Thank you so much for having me. This is so cool. Yes, I'm so pumped. We were just talking offline before this. I found you through your friend, Colin Karchnecker, and so many people that I've learned about through his work. I want our listeners to learn a bit, little bit about the work that you do. So you're a high school counselor. How'd you get into that? Yeah. So actually, it's kind of funny. I was actually rejected from a school psychology program because um, I want to be a school psychologist initially. Um, and I got rejected and then I saw the school counseling program and I went for it. And I'm so glad I did because I interact with kids every single day, help them with their needs, help them succeed as students and help them with any may, mini or big mental health crises they may be having. And um, I knew I always wanted to help kids out and 
I thought that's what school psychologists do, but I guess they just do a lot of tests. So it was the best rejection of my life. Um, so I was very happy and yeah, school counseling. I love it so much. That's so cool. You know, I went to school to be a dietitian and I did not get good grades. So I never matched for an internship and, you know, at the time in my life, I thought it was like the biggest disappointment ever. And I was never going to get to do what I really wanted to do with my life unless I went back to school and took all these retook all these classes, which at 22, you think that's a huge deal, you know, like to go back another semester of school. But my career has just totally not been anything about nutrition. And I'm in the happiest place with my career that I've ever been. So it's just like at 22, you don't really know what you're no. going to do. I know. And we want so many teenagers to be like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Come on. You got to know. You got to know what class are we going to take? This is your future. It's like <laughs> chill. Yeesh, man. Nobody knows. Come on. Yeah. So you're really into the uh, bullies be gone. That's your teaching <laughs> kindness. Bullies be gone. That is your business, your, your motto, your podcast. Yep. What made you so passionate about that? Well, I mean, it started from my experiences as a child. So in kindergarten, I got glasses. We're not just talking glasses. We're talking like my eyes, they like stared into your soul. Like I had <laughs> thick glasses. Um, and naturally, you know, that made me a target. I was in a tiny little town, Blanding, Utah, graduating class, 89 kids. So tiny town. And so I, I, I kind of became a target. People teased me. You know, first it was just name calling. Um, but then it started escalating. In first grade, I got pushed off the slides because I was a glasses kid. In um, fifth grade, I was told I couldn't play on the playground with the rest of everybody. So I went to go inside and I went to slump into my chair. And one of my classmates held a, a pen underneath me as I slumped down in my chair. So I got a, a pen up my rear end. Mm. Um, in sixth grade, I got thrown into a trash can during play practice by five other eighth graders. Um, in eighth grade, um, I was in the middle of football practice. Well, right before football practice, we were stretching. And one of my classmates came up from behind and kicked me in the groin. So I fell down because it hurts a little bit. And... <laughs> um, Three other dudes stand up, just held down my arms and legs while they took turns kicking me. And then ninth grade, um, right before homecoming parade, I got thrown in the dumpster. Um, so like, kind of like your your movie bullying, like the like, right. oh, that doesn't happen in real life. Yeah, that happened to me. That's um, crazy. And so just the combination of things that I learned going through all of those things and things that I learned as a school counselor that I really feel would empower those who feel weak, those who feel I have no voice, those who feel, man, maybe I'm not worth it because they're listening to the things that the bullies are telling them. And so, you know, I thought like, you know, I could use these experiences to really help someone else to heal. And so that's how I kind of got the idea to start Bullies Be Gone. Okay. So my question is, how did you deal with it in that moment? I'm sure it was different depending on different ages that you were, but I mean, mm -hmm. that makes my heart so sad. I mean, I think what makes my mom heart so sad is to think of my child being treated like that. It might make me even more sad to think of my child being the person treating people yeah. like that though, right? Oh, it's yeah. so hard. And, and you're right. It was different on every situation. I mean, early on, I took it really, really hard. I mean, when in fifth grade, when that guy stabbed me with a pen or when they started kicking me and like, all, you know, in the moment with especially those, I was, all I could think was what I do wrong. Yeah. 
like out loud, I, all I could say as I'm getting kicked is, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because in my head, no one just does that to other people. Like I must have done something to deserve it. Mm. And in my head, I actually believe that somehow, some way I deserved it. And, you know, I, I tried to, you know, change myself to maybe if I acted more like these people that are bullying me, maybe they would treat me better. And so I started to become a person I wasn't proud of to impress a group of people I didn't even care about just to get some acceptance. Because that's what we all crave. But I cared way too much about the opinions of a few other people. I heard you talk about this a little bit on another podcast. And I heard you mention something that your dad said. Can you tell us what your dad said to you? So my dad sat me down. Um, I was in high school. It was after freshman year. Um, and he, you know, it broke my parents' heart just to see me yeah. taking things so hard. And then you know, they talk to other parents and stuff, but most of the time it just makes things worse. Um, and so, um, anyway, he sat me down he asked me, he's like, Nate, do you know who you are? And I was like, are you okay, dad? Mm-hmm. I'm Nate. Um, I'm your third kid. Uh, what's going on? And he's like, no. So I feel like you don't know who you are because if you knew who you were, what these kids would say about you or to you wouldn't matter. I was like, what? He's like, you're allowing the opinions of 10 to 15 people totally dictate your happiness. And that totally blew my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know who I am. I'd spent so long chasing their approval, I totally lost sight of who I was. And as a 14-year-old, I was like, well, I don't know, Dad. Who am I? And he's like, well, that's the beauty of it. You get to choose. I was like, what? He's like, who do you want to be? Align your actions with that. Do you want to be respectful? Do you want to be respected? Do you want to be kind? Do you want to be loving? And the more I got thinking, all right, who am I really? I realized that I was none of the things that my bully said that I was. I wasn't some dumb kid. I wasn't some jerk. I wasn't some worthless person. I had a great life that was worth living. And as soon as I realized that I wasn't any of the things that my bullies were saying to me, they lost all of their power. Because they could say whatever they wanted, but it wouldn't change the truth that I knew for myself who I was. It took some digging on my part. It took some work to realize, all right, this is who I am. And it doesn't matter what they say because I know who I am. And it gave me confidence. It, there, there was one time my junior year where someone pushed me up against the wall, grabbed me by the shirt, and just pushed me up against the wall and said, loser, you should just go kill yourself. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, man. That's not me. And maybe, just maybe, you don't know who you are. And that's why you're taking it out on me. And maybe if you did, you wouldn't feel like you needed to treat other people like this. And he just kind of froze. He's like, <laughs> you usually don't get this reaction. Um, but it allowed me to feel empathy. It really did. Because all bullies are, all they are really, they're insecure. And yeah. Hurt. hurt people hurt people. And they're just hurting. And they're taking their hurt out on, on other people that they perceive as weak. And I just decided I'm not going to let you be, I'm not going to allow you to make me your puppet anymore. And so, yeah, yeah, that my dad asking me that one little question changed, changed my trajectory forever. I thought that was so empowering when I heard that. And I thought I want to be sending that message to my kids young. 
Like you get to choose who you want to be no matter what anybody else says. You're the person that that chooses that. I I'm so glad that I heard you tell that story. So you work in a high school now. And so you do. you like are face to face with kids who are on both sides of this every single day. Yeah. What is that like? It's actually I don't know, really fulfilling. And it's I mean, it, it can be annoying too, because like you stupid punk kid, believe me, this isn't going to work out well. But on the other side, it's and it, it's kind of weird. My favorite, absolute favorite. I love helping bully victims, but my absolute favorite is when I can take a bully and help them become an, an ally. Mm-hmm. It is my absolute favorite because someone who's hurting, someone whose life is spiraling in some way, shape, or form, they're trying to cling on to control. Mm-hmm. And all bullies, they don't have enough kindness in their lives. And if they are simply exposed to more kindness, they realize that that gives them 10 times more happiness than any sense of control that they felt from bullying other people. It's kind of like Monsters, Inc. When like, oh, scream power, that's great. But then they hear laughter. They're like, oh my gosh, it's so much more powerful than screams. Um, Similarly, like when bullies find out the power of kindness is so much more powerful than the power of control and fear, they're like, oh, wow. Never mind. I can be a good person and be happy. How do you do that, though? Like, how do you, what are the steps? I'm sure it's so different based on who you're working with. It can be different based on different kids. For me, I like to give them what I what we call an island of competency. So sometimes there'll be a bully who treats one kid really, really, really bad. So I go and I take, take this guy and I give him a responsibility. Okay. Hey, I know you don't like Johnny, but Billy over there, he needs help with his math homework. And I know you're really good at math. Mm. Could you go help him with his math homework? Um, I've even seen a situation where let's say I'm getting bullied by Billy and Billy's not good at math. And I'm like, hey, go help Billy with his math. He needs help. Where the victim is the one helping the bully and they spark a friendship because of the act of kindness. Did you grow up? with social media like did you grow up with that as part of your life i did uh facebook started um my eighth grade year so starting my freshman year facebook was all the rave okay and so then when did instagram come about for you instagram came out the year after i graduated so i wasn't yeah so i wasn't exposed to instagram until college okay Let's just talk about that piece a little bit. Myself and I'm sure a lot of my listeners, we did not grow up with social media. I was in college when Facebook came about and, you know, I cannot imagine what the the situation would be between myself and other young girls and mm-hmm. that whole that whole middle school situation. I cannot imagine oh. how escalated it would have been with social media i guess we had aim instant messenger and that wasn't (laughs) great you know but hotmail (laughs) yeah but to have instagram and to have this constant comparison and we're in the generation where like okay we didn't grow up with it the kids now who are in high school they grew up with it and now we've kind of seen the effects of it And we're at a place where our kids, at least for me, are so young that we can be like, hold up, 
hold up. We're not doing yes. that. We're not doing yes. that like the generation, you know, 10 years before us. So, um, yeah, just I want to hear your thoughts on that layer it adds. It, it So, like, when I was in school, I wasn't invited to hang out with hardly anybody in, in middle school or high school for that matter. And it became so much harder when social media came out because – I didn't know everything I was missing out on mm. until I had social media. You could see it all. And that's and that's kind of how it's compounding. Not only are, you know, kids are getting treated worse when they're online, but they see the parties they're not being invited to. And that's why, you know, the the FOMO, fear of missing out, is so real for a lot of these little kids because they want to be so involved with everybody and be accepted socially. And when they see social gatherings with different groups that might be happening, pictures of it and everything, they're like, oh, I'm not there. And, you know, they start feeling sad about it. It just kind of compounds all this anxiety that people have about missing out on things. When, I mean, they could be doing things on their own, yes. Or they could just be by themselves happily. But because... Because there's proof of people doing things without them, now they're so much more upset. Um, yeah, it, I see a lot of it, even at the high school level. I mean, the 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 added layer of always like, okay, well, what's go what's what's going on tonight? What am I missing out on? Like, I the the constant anxiety. I'm like, guys, calm down for two seconds. Like, breathe. You're so worried all the time, and it's all tied to this evil little brick inside of your pocket is what's the situation at your school are kids allowed to have phones what does that look like yeah yeah we're a public school kids are allowed to have phones at the school um yeah it's i mean they have the school they're they're on their phones a lot kids are always snapchatting they're always tiktoking they're always scrolling um you can definitely tell what's trending because everyone alters their physical appearance for whatever's trending mm -hmm. and that I mean, it, it it makes you laugh, and it you know sometimes it breaks my heart at the same time because I know there's girls out there starving themselves so they can mm -hmm. look like those Instagram girls. Right now, there's a trend that I mean, if if it, I notice a lot of the girls if they put their hair up in a bun or a ponytail, like the bottom half of their head is like shaved, but if their hair's down, you can't tell. I'm like, that's a new trend that <laughs> definitely started on TikTok. Um, but <laughs> like I've t I've noticed that's probably the biggest thing. I've noticed that social media is changing the way that kids physically present themselves. Mm -hmm. They will change their physical appearance based on things that they see on social media. Oh, 100%. So let's talk about how we can, you know, get ahead of this before it gets out of control as far as, mm. I mean, I'm talking about the bullying thing is even, even as young as like talking to our kids who are six, eight years old. Oh, for sure. Like arming them with, how to respond to behavior that could be hurtful to them. What are some tips that you have for that? Well, I think first and foremost starts at the home, um, reinforcing the idea that they have infinite worth, teaching them their worth at the home. Um, I have a two-year-old and a two-month-old, and as soon as our my two-year-old had enough teeth to hold him down in a headlock and brush his teeth at night. Um, <laughs> we, we, um, afterwards I'd stand him up in the mirror. We'd look in the mirror and he knew a little bit of sign language. And so I would say you are loved and you are strong. And we'd see it three times. And then before I turn on a sign maker, I'd say, and you will always be enough. And now, and then we, we stopped for a couple months cause toddlers are crazy little ninjas that try to escape <laughs> you. And 
one time we were going to a, a local football game at a high school and we got him out of his car seat and we were walking by the high school and he could see his reflection in the door and he's like, strong loved. I'm like, yes. That's so um, good. And I was like, oh my gosh. But but reinforcing them, even while they're young, just affirmations that they're strong, they're loved, they're enough, any type of thing that can build them up, build their self-esteem up. So even while they're trying to figure out who they are, they can fall back on that mantra that they know because their parents were telling them that from a young age. And so when people come up, some haters coming up saying this or that, they kind of already know, oh, that's not true because my mm-hmm. dad's been telling me this since like years and that's not what he's been telling me. So I, I don't think that that's exactly right. Another thing that we can do early on is – always talking with our kids about the things that bother them, having the hard conversations. If they had a bad day, talking about that. So if something does go down where someone talked to them or treated them in a way that they felt bad about, that they're comfortable talking to their parents so that we can help them navigate that so that next time it comes around, it doesn't break them. I do affirmations with my third. It's funny because we have four kids and I guess everything's a little bit different with all of them. Right. Um, right now, so our kids are two, four, six, and eight. And so right now we're, we kind of, the, the system <laughs> is kind of, we all try to read books. It sometimes happens where people are jumping up and down. Sometimes people have to be removed from the room. But my husband puts down the two-year-old while I put down the four-year-old and the big boys are supposed to be in their room like, reading or playing or whatever and while the other two get put down. And um, so I've gotten into this really sweet routine with our four-year-old and we do our prayer and then we do um, affirmations, which I usually just make up. They're a little bit different every night, but it's usually something like you are kind, you are caring, you are strong, you are brave. And then I'm like, you are creative, you are smart, you are a leader, those kind of things. Right. And then we sing Peace Like a River. That's our routine. It's funny to me, though, because I don't do the affirmations with the other kids so much. It's I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, when you said that that's what you do with your two-year-old, you say, what did you say? You're strong, you're enough. You're strong and you are loved. You are strong and you are loved and you'll always be enough. I love that. Um, and I think if we can feed those words to our kids so that when they're in those situations, and I mean, even now as an adult, you are put in situations where you don't feel like you're enough and you don't feel like you're doing all the things you're supposed to be doing. But if you have been armed with that and that is ingrained in your brain, you'll come back around. Yeah. And as parents, we also need to practice what we preach. Like if we're trying to tell our kids you are enough, you're you're strong, you're loved, all these different things to try and build them up, we cannot be cutting ourselves down with the way we talk. I know, you know, several moms and dads, they'll talk about, oh man, like they'll they'll talk negatively about their own bodies in mm-hmm. front of their kids and they feel like they may be joking, but your kids notice. Or if the way that you might talk about other kids in front of your kids um, like, oh my gosh, did you hear Billy cheated? He knows so much better. How dare he? And your kids are like, well, well I know how mom's going to treat me if I make a mistake. Um, our kids are very, very observ- observative. They, 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 they notice things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so practicing what you preach. If you want your kid to be resilient, kind, and strong, <laughs> 
And you also need to be resilient, kind, and strong when it comes to these things. And yeah, it's hard. And nobody's perfect. No one's asking you to be. But maybe being aware that the way you act may impact your child. Well, and I love that you bring that up too because I'm, I mean, I, th- I think this is something that's said a lot these days. But if you do say something that you wish you wouldn't have, you just tell them, bring it up to them. Like, say ah, sorry. I wish I wouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. I'm so sorry I said that. Like, you just got to own up to it. I mean, I feel like I do that on the daily. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I'm so sorry. And they see it and they know. And um, I think part of that, our generation, I don't know if I really looked at my parents as human as I as I want my kids to look at me. I just kind of thought my mom right. knows it all. This is my mom. She, of course, she has it together. And I think that we're kind of in this place in the world now where we're a little bit more like, oh, you can mess up in front of your kids and and let them know you messed up. Right. Now, there was one time where um, I, <laughs> I stubbed my toe. Okay, guys, <laughs> when you bump your pinky toe, your world is over. Hey, okay. <laughs> Everything, not just your pinky toe is broken. Everything is broken. But – I, I stubbed my pinky toe and I let loose a string of cuss words. Uh-huh. And yep, been there. my my two-year-old was near. And I was like, oh, dang it. And I'm just kind of sitting down to like compose myself for a second before like the world falls to pieces after I stubbed my pinky toe. <laughs> and my little two-year-old, he just comes up behind me, gives me a hug and says, sorry, daddy. Oh. Like, sorry you got hurt. And I was like, oh, buddy. Like, kids are so emotionally aware. And we are human. And if we let them know that we're human, we let them see us experiencing emotions so they can know it's okay to have emotions. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be mad. And, you know, it's okay to apologize when you make mistakes. If we let them see us having emotions – They'll see those emotions as normal and then they won't shy away from those emotions when they experience them and they won't bottle them up as much because a lot of kids, I bottled up a lot of emotions because I was like, I I like, you know, my parents, I thought they were Superman and Superwoman and they are. Um, But I think if we can help our kids see us as more human then they won't be so scared of emotions. Oh, I'm not even going to talk about the string of words my kids have heard me say. And they just, at this point, my big kids especially, they know I do it. I have a potty mouth and they know that I say that I shouldn't do it and then I do it anyway. But here we are. <laughs> I remember that first time my three-year-old, though, started, my oldest would repeat certain words and you're like, oh my yes. gosh, oh my gosh. What are, yes. What well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like inside out, like with their core memory. And it's like, you're doing something and then like, oh, damn it. Or like a, a straight, a, you know, a, a curse word comes out and then it's like, mm, a new core memory. Like, <laughs> oh, look, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. Like, okay. Well, I'm a great parent. So <laughs> A quick break here. I'm really excited to bring on this new sponsor for the podcast, and it is Beam. Listen, ever since I started having kids, I have had trouble with my sleep, and I will do anything and everything in my power to make sure that I'm getting the best sleep possible. And Beam, they have a CBD blend. It's called Dream. 
It has a hot chocolatey flavor and it is so delicious. I've been taking it every single night and have seen huge improvements in the way I fall asleep at night. And it is my relaxing ritual every single night. You all can try it out and save 15% when you go to Beam, B-E-A-M, Amazon Mom, TLC.com and use the code Lindsay15 at checkout. They also have an awesome hydration line as well. That is beamtlc.com. Start sleeping better. Use the code Lindsay15 and check out their dream blend. So as someone who has walked through the bowling, you experience seeing what happens inside the walls of a high school every day as a parent as your kids get older like you know do you ever get fearful or anticipate i don't you know we shouldn't live in fear obviously but do you ever anticipate like what happens if my kid is in the situation i was in because you know how heartbreaking it was for you yeah i sometimes think about it like oh what would happen if like my little adam was you know, faced with the hardships I was faced with. And I really, really would hope that the things we're doing now to build him up would help him know that he was enough. Cause that was the hardest part for me. I didn't feel like I was enough mm. for the longest time. And, you know, I, I try and teach that, you know, you know who you are, focus on what you can control, which is not other people. Right. And to, and to serve other people. And, you know, if, if that happened to my little boy, Hopefully he would know that it's not because of him. He can't control the actions of other people. And therefore, the actions of other people are not on his back. That's not on him. That's on them. And, you know, so I, I, I do hope that the things I'm doing now would make it so it wouldn't be as hard if he was faced with those same hardships. But at the same time, I am kind of like bullying might be a totally different game by the time he get, because I mean, but where technology is going and everything, like another reason to to approach smartphones and social media with with weariness um, and caution. But you know, just trying to be prepared, <laughs> stay on your toes. <laughs> right, for sure. I want to cover some things we can teach our kids to oh, okay. respond to bullies and whether that's someone in their DMs or whether Mm -hmm. that's like you were saying when the kid threw you up against the locker and you were like, that's not who I am. Um, Mm -hmm. What are some things that if you get a very hateful comment or message in your DMs, and I'm talking, you know, there are 10 year olds, 12 year olds on social media that get this. What are some responses we can um, arm our kids with for those situations? So I call it IDB. Ignore, delete, and block. If you're getting DMs, hateful DMs from people, A, you don't have to open them. Fun fact, you don't have to open DMs from people you don't know or from people that you know have you know aren't going to be nice to you. And if let, – let's say you get a really mean message from a friend that you totally thought was going to be nice, whatever it may be, you can block them. You can – like uh, there's so many different ways to not let people in in social media. Um, and so I'm really, really, really big on cutting people off, cutting toxicity out of your life when you need to. And if that means blocking everybody that you follow on Instagram so they can't message you, so be it. 
people don't need access to you. You don't need access to 500 people and their hateful comments. That's the scary um, thing about it is the access, the 24-7 access. That's it. Yeah. There's no break yeah. unless no. your phone is taken away from you. Right. Unless you take away. Unless, yeah. And I mean, so there was a moment. So I was a, I was a senior in high school. And there was a kid who he had he'd left um, because he'd been treated so badly. Mm -hmm. um, and he came back, uh, um, and I threw him a big party and everything. And it, I had the greatest time. And I it, the reason I thought about this story is because when I tell people to go serve other people, mm -hmm. it's it's because um, service often helps you to kind of forget your own problems for a second. Yes. And. Those three, four hours that I was so just enveloped trying to help this kid out, I had totally forgotten that 15 people from my school thought it would be funny if each of them sent me a private message on Facebook telling me I should kill myself. Oh, my gosh. I was a senior in high school and 15 other seniors at different times in the day individually on Facebook let me know that I should jump off a bridge or go end my life some way. I totally forgotten about that though, because I got to serve other people. But people get those DMs, those kind of messages all the time, and so I think one one thing that we can do to arm our kids, especially if they're going to be receiving hate online, which they're going to be getting because that's a, smartphones, um, is teaching them no shame in deleting, ignoring, and blocking. You know, IDB. Um, and then the other thing though is people are. You're going to interact with people face-to-face. -face. Someday, Lindsay, you will. I promise. <laughs> you will talk to someone face-to-face. -face. I promise. Dear It'll God, happen. I hope so. Um, <laughs> but responding with kindness. Yeah. You know, kids are taught in churches all the time. Kill them with kindness. And it's so true because the only reason bullies bully is, like I said, they don't have enough kindness in their lives. And so we can teach our kids when they're little, like when they're like, oh, wow, that dude was really mean in the store. And you can respond, man. I wonder I wonder why he was so mean. Maybe he needed some happiness mm -hmm. in his life. Mm -hmm. So that when something goes down with them when they're older, their first thought isn't, oh, that horrible person. It's more like, man, I wonder how I can help that person. That's such a good concept to teach your kids early. That when someone treats you bad, when someone does something that looks really mean to you, there's probably something going on in their life that's really hard. Yeah. Yeah, one of the kids that treated me probably the worst in high school, like um, he would he would ding ditch my house at like, I don't know, like one or two in the morning. Um, they threw snowballs at my house. It, we were scared he was going to break a window. Um, he um, he he was he was sent away from his family for a year for something he didn't do. Mm. Um, that's rough. Hard. I would I would I wouldn't. I wouldn't put that on anybody. Like I would take my bullying over that any day. Um, there's always something you don't see. Even with people who might seem like they got their crap together, there's always something beneath the surface that you don't see. And if people are acting out, there's definitely something. And you're starting to see it because they're acting out. But you're only seeing the tip of the iceberg and not the root. Well, and honestly, like parents can fuel that fire too. Like – if a child is treating your child badly, if you as the parent are like, I can't believe that little Marshall acts that way, like you're fueling that fire. And, yep. and instead we should be doing exactly this, doing say, you know, 
Lewis, I'm just using my kids' names. The reason Marshall was acting like that is probably because something's, you know, not great in his life. Um, mm-hmm. And and not like tearing down this kid that you have no idea what's, are his parents getting divorced? Like what's happening in his life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it all goes back to like, if you want to be, if you want your kid to be kind and empathetic, you need to be kind and empathetic. Yeah, I think that that, that this uh, power of empathy here is, is just huge. Now, this is kind of like deep and hard to talk about, but, um, you know, teen suicide rates are high and it's very high. It's so tragic. And I, yeah. I think it's very obvious that uh, social media has a huge, oh. has a huge player in this. Huge, huge. Uh, last month, our school district lost two students. Um, and, one of them was very – I'm an assistant wrestling coach for the high school, and one of them was very good friends with one of our wrestlers. And, I mean, yeah, it, social media is compounding the anxiety and depression that kids are feeling right now. The pandemic has been one thing to cause anxiety and stress. Oh, yeah. And social media is only compounding that and making it worse. And it, it, kids are turning to social media for communication so much that they aren't talking and communicating in real life to try and get these feelings off their chest. And the immediacy and the, I don't know, almost romanticized aspect of suicide that social media has made it become, um, you know, they, they see it, they hear it, and they impulse, they, they go and do something. And sometimes it's something that they can't come back from because they're no longer with us. Yeah, and I've heard um, stories of kids that this this literally happens to because their phone has been taken away from them. Like they're that invested in their phone that they can't see be a life beyond it. And um, yeah. I, we're going to get into deeper conversations with this with some other episodes. But, I mean, if that does not have you just – frozen like wait a minute like what am i gonna do to prevent this now i don't know what will yeah i don't know what would either because it's got me scared poopless so like it's no no piece of technology no amount of likes no amount of subscribers is worth the life of a child they are worth so much more than any amount of followers or likes or shares that they could get online and so many of them associate their self-worth with some artificial source of quote-unquote love that they're getting online when they should be basing their self-worth off of things that are real to them but also really real. Like, A, they should believe that they're enough no matter what. But, you know, based on, you know, my parents love me and I know that they love me. And I know that my worth, my life is worth living. And a lot of times it's because my parents love me. But there's a lot of kids whose parents don't treat them right. And that breaks my heart too. Um, that's a whole other can of beans. Um, but yeah, I think that if kids would focus less on the artificial love online and focus more on the real love in real life, the, our mental health crisis that we're facing right now would be a little bit, a little bit easier. Yeah. Those are the conversations, though, that we have to have early. And, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, 
okay, I'm going to, you, you do this when you're a parent. You're like, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm not giving my right. kids a phone until they're 15 and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then your kid hits 12 and everybody else has a phone and you're like, what do I do? Um, so you're not anywhere near that, but what's your kind of like guided plan in your head for how you will approach this situation down the road? It, I mean, I'm sure you've seen friends and watched them walk through this with older kids. Something that comes to mind is asking my kids like what what they truly want. Because they'll be like, well, why don't I get a phone? Tommy gets a phone. Like, why can't I get a phone? And I would just ask, well, would you want to have something that anybody would be able to reach you on? That anybody, any creep, any person would be able to direct message you? Well, I, d I don't know if I want that much. Okay. Or would you be comfortable having a device that any moment pornography might pop up on? I don't think I'd be comfortable with that. Okay. That is why you don't have a smartphone yet. That's why you have a Gab phone. Shameless plug. Go Gab. Oh, um, I, I'm so I'm dying to get them on the podcast too. You you <laughs> you and your like circle of people, I am all over it. Um, but yeah, that's like that that that's why. Because you don't want a smartphone. You want you want to stay connected with your friends. I'll help you with that. There's ways to do that without getting a smartphone. But I'm your safety is worth a lot more to me than a couple of apps. I guess we'll wrap with like when a when a student comes into your office who needs help, like you can tell like this isn't great. What and, and as a counselor, you you're you have like you know, privacy stuff, you probably can't just like call anybody's parent, right? So what do you do? Well, I mean, when someone comes in and they're, they're not doing well, and I know they're not doing well, if like a teacher sends them in because something's up, they come in and all I say is like, hey, if you want to talk, I'm here. If you don't want to talk, I'm here. But I'm not leaving your side. Mm. They always choose to talk. Because they want to be heard. They just don't want to be fixed. They don't want to be fixed. How do you send them on their way? What's like the, do you have a, do you have a like go-to phrase? Like, is, do you have a, do you have a thing that's like, this is what Mr. Webb is known for? Um, kind of. And it's not like when I send them on my way, but if I see people in the hall, people always know that I'm going to say, hey, I'm glad you're here today. Oh, I love I'm, that. I'm happy to see you here today. And they always like to fist bump me because I, I don't have it on today. But I, I usually have a, a superhero ring on, Flash, Green Lantern, Superman. Um, but yeah, just always give them a fist bump. I'm glad you're here today. Happy to see you here today. Um, with, with kids in my office, I always, I guess, yeah, I, I usually send them off with, uh, you know, they're getting up. We've, we've had our cry session or talking or whatever. And I'm like, all right, hey, you got this. Mm. And even if you don't got this. You got me. I knew you'd have I knew you'd have a go-to thing. You are going to be the person, one of the people that these kids are like, oh, "Do you remember Mr. Webb? Like, he <laughs> helped me through my junior year when X Y and Z was happening, like when they're 30 or 40 or whatever. Like, they'll remember you, especially the ones that are sitting in your office crying, you know? If I can help anybody, then I know I've done my job. And that's 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 why I'm here. It's just to help whoever I can. If that's one kid, then I'll be there for that kid.
All right, Nate. Well, what's something professionally or personally that you would like to do that you haven't done yet? I would love to give a a full day of assemblies. That would be the funnest thing for me. Um, I've given a couple speeches, a couple assemblies here and there, but like I would, I live for speaking and assemblies and that kind of stuff. If I, if someone said, "Hey, if you quit your job today and speak all day, every day for the rest of your life," I would do it in a heartbeat. I would not hesitate at all. I would love to just all day assemblies for days. So you're saying go into schools uh-huh. and speak to the school about this topic yeah about bullying resiliency yeah just just speak to them and try and then the reason being so i i gave i gave a speech um at a junior high and i was like this was cool this was fun wow okay and then as we're cleaning up a little girl who she was a seventh little tiny seventh grader and she comes up she distant like she, she was all by herself it was just me and a couple of other other adults she's kind of lingering and i'm like hey was so can i help you and she says did you mean what you said I'm like, about what? Like, did I say something wrong? Um, and she's like, no. Like, I was like, oh, like you deserve happiness and you deserve to be loved. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, of course I did. And she just sniffled and said, no one's told me that before. Hmm. And I was like, well, I need to quit my day job. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So ever since I was like, I I want to just speak full time. So that that would be something I want to do that I have not done yet is be a full time speaker. I love that. Well, you're doing that too every day in your office as well. Yeah. But to smaller, smaller crowds for sure. You know, I think that's so powerful too, because sometimes when I say things, I'm like, I feel really corny right now, but I feel like this is what I'm supposed to say. Mm -hmm. Um, I recently did a, hosted a panel for mothers, mother runners, because my other podcast is all about running and have another. yeah, Yeah, exactly. And at the beginning of the talk, because I was I was interviewing and hosting this panel with these like Olympians and women who have done so many amazing things. But I just felt like I needed to say to the listeners, hey, these women are amazing, but you're amazing too, no matter what you're doing. Like what you're doing is enough. And I, I felt kind of corny saying it, but like I felt in my heart that somebody listening would put these women on a pedestal and think that they weren't doing enough. And I was like, I need to just say that because that's the truth. And whether it feels corny or not, somebody heard it and someone felt it. Yeah. Amen. Um, what is the best, most recent book you've read? The best, most recent book. It's a tie. I would have to say, um, for the sake of our youth by Tessa Stuckey. Okay. Um, She is a, uh, mental health, uh, counselor over in Texas. And then I can't remember the author, but it's called The Unselfie, a book about empathy and getting kids off of phones. I listened to your interview with Tessa Stuckey, and it was really good. Thank you. I was thinking about ordering that book myself. It's a good one. Okay. Do you have a kid's book that you recommend? Do I have a kid's book that I recommend? Or for teenagers. (laughs) Or for teenagers. Actually, kind of. I can't remember the book, though. So... Over the summer, the one of our neighbors, they were just like, hey, we have a butt ton of Winnie the Pooh books. If anyone wants them for free, they're on our porch. And so we picked them up. But there was one book where um, where there's like a flood and Owl's house got knocked over. And um, Owl, they, they found that like there's another house that they came upon. They're like, oh, wow, this is a wonderful house. And Piglet's like, yeah, it's a wonderful house. 
you you should stay in here. And Pooh's like, Piglet, this is your house. And Piglet's like, yeah, but Alan needs it more than I do. And it was just like, just like such selfless acts of service. I'm like, ah, so maybe not a book, but go hit up Winnie the Pooh, guys. It's good for your soul. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh's the best. You can't beat Winnie the Pooh. I always get excited too when my kids want to watch like the old school stuff like that. I'm right. like, this is so good. Yeah. Which is one reason why we love Daniel Tiger so much, right? Because it just reminds oh us it's Mr. Rogers. Yes, brings us back Mr. Rogers. Yes. Oh. What is your last message that you want to leave with our audience today? Always remember, you are wonderful, you are worthy, and you are worth it. And go tell your kids that too, right? Yep. That's so good. Um, Nate, thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been super cool. You're awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Nate, for coming on the podcast. You all can find Nate on Instagram. He is bulliesb.gone. And if you want to learn more from him and see all that he's doing, make sure you check out his podcast, Teaching Kindness, Bullies Be Gone. You can find this show on Instagram. We are Why Is Everyone Yelling? No, really, why is everyone yelling? Uh, we have a Facebook group as well. And you can find me personally on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. Shoot us an email, lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com or my assistant, Emma, emma at sandyboyproductions.com. If you have any suggestions for this show, any feedback, we would love so much to hear from you. We are excited about this podcast. We appreciate you for being here. It means the world to us. Have a really great rest of your day and we'll see you next week on Why Is Everyone Yelling?